0: I've told stories before about my grandmother, my mom's mom, who passed away a few years ago. And she was a a strong, wonderful woman who um, had a strong will as well. She had a lot of children, 11 children, and um, of course a lot of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And she had a centrally located uh, house in town. And so any given day of the week or of the year, uh, it was just a revolving door of, of any family member that may or may not show up. And so, you know, we we all just kind of had a team effort of keeping an eye on her. And of course, as she started to get further into her years, you know, the family, especially her children, would become just a little more protective of her, a little bit more watchful and careful and attempt to be a little bit more restrictive on some of the things that she uh, can and can't do. And um, my grandma, though, you know, just had a strong work ethic and really wanted to keep going, and she, she always had energy. So, you know, she loved to clean the house and to mop the floors and to rake the leaves and to sweep the porch. And, you know, there's always something to do in the house. And, of course, um, you know, the, her, her children really didn't want her doing that stuff alone. They understood that they couldn't stop her from doing it all the time, but they at least wanted someone to be at the house. So, you know, when no one's here, please just sit down and, you know, you can cook, you can, you know, watch TV, but don't do all your chores while we're not here because they were worried that she would fall and that if she fell, that she, you know, would be there for a long time without anybody knowing. You know, they tried to buy her that little button that you wear around the neck and they paid the fees and all that, and she wouldn't wear it. It was, it was useless because they, um, you know, she said, uh, you know, she doesn't need that, that she's not going to fall. So um, anyway, so one day my uh, aunt, uh, you know, just on, shows up to the house as normal and uh, walks in. You know, we all had keys, so she goes into the house and can't find her. Where's mom? So strange, maybe she's in the bathroom, not in the bathroom. Maybe she's in her bedroom, maybe she's taking a nap, not in her bed. Maybe she's outside, not outside, can't find her. So then she starts to panic, starts to call all of her siblings. And they're all trying to figure out, well, which one of the siblings, maybe someone took her to the grocery store, maybe, you know, maybe something happened and that was out of the plan. And none of them can figure out where mom is, so now we're nervous, now we're panicking. And they're looking all over the place, and everyone's freaking out. And so finally, she, uh, she checks one more time in the front of the house there, uh, there, you know, we have our, our porch or had our porch and there was like this like hole in the porch. It was like a three foot by like two foot. There's like three foot deep, two foot wide and about, you know, eight foot long, just like this, like hole in the porch. It was very odd. I don't know why it was there. Um, but she was inside of there. Um, And, you know, my my aunt catches her and says, Mom, what are you doing? And she says, What? Something dropped, and I was just picking it up. And she says, Well, then why do you have a rake in your hand? She was raking leaves in the hole in the porch, uh, and she knew that she wasn't supposed to. And so they, you know, bickered a little bit, and my aunt convinced her to come back inside, and, you know, just to kind of relax, chill. Don't rake leaves. We're going to rake leaves for you. All right, fair enough. Well, um, so then they all agree, whatever, and, and my aunt leaves. And something just tells her, you know what? Let me just drive around the block. <laughs> so of course, they, she, she, she gets in her car, and my grandma thinks she leaves, and then she just drives around the block, takes her time, gives it about five minutes or so, and comes back. And sure enough, my grandma is in the front yard raking those leaves again. You couldn't stop her. Sorry. I mean, no matter how hard we try, you just couldn't stop her. Isn't it funny though? Like how, as our, um, I've seen this happen a, a lot, where as adult children have their parents age, they try to become more and more restrictive of and more and more controlling of their parents. Kind of like how their parents used to be whenever they were young kids. They like the tables turn a little bit, but the parents oftentimes don't like that. They don't like to lose that authority. They don't like to lose that autonomy. It's difficult for them to be told what to do whenever they had their whole life to live without anyone telling them to. But you see, the natural authority that is given to parents is part of God's design. God does give a natural authority to parents for the sake of the structure of the human family. And and there's something to that. We can learn from that and we can benefit from that. But that authority is not merely for power and control. The reason that parents have that authority, it's not so that they can just manipulate and control and oppress the lives of their children. That authority is for the sake of love. That authority is for the sake of taking the initiative to love, to care for their kids. And certainly, you know, when you have small kids, like they cannot care for themselves. So there is certainly some level of control there. But as they age, uh, there's less and less control, but the amount of love and initiative shouldn't stop. The authority that's given in any situation, if you have any level of authority in your life, whether it's at, at the workplace or in, in the family or somewhere else, if you have any type of authority, it's for the sake of of love. It's for the sake of taking initiative to love. And if you have, if someone has authority over you anywhere in your life, you know, we all have parents, so we're at least there, but if it's in the workplace or, or in friendship or whatever, wherever else you might have, someone else has authority over you. It's not for the sake of losing your intellect and free will. It's for the sake of receiving love and cooperating in that exchange of love. It's for the sake of of learning how to operate within the structure of a society. Um, So obedience is not supposed to be oppressive and blind, but rather cooperative and, and responsive to the one who first takes the initiative to love. That's at least ideally how it's supposed to be. And I say that because that's the way that God designs it in the human family. And that's the way that God chose to live it out on earth. I mean, it's interesting how God himself has supreme power and authority. No one else can compete with almighty God, but nonetheless, he chose to humble himself and to become obedient to a human family, obedient to human parents. Mary and Joseph, who were far less powerful than Almighty God, far less authority than God, but nonetheless, Jesus chose to be obedient to them. Again, not for the sake of losing his intellect and free will, but for the sake of responding to the love that they were able to offer. I say that because as we enter into our own families, it's always a work in progress, and it's always an ongoing effort to live that exchange of love, for parents to take that initiative to love and to care, and also for the children to receive and reciprocate the love that is given. But I I want to challenge us today very simply to focus on the fourth commandment, because I believe that commandment is oftentimes easy to take for granted, and oftentimes can have a huge effect on our families. So, are you honoring your father and mother? When you look at this past year, is that something that you have done well? Have you honored your father and mother? So uh, kids, that's an easy one. Like kids, do you listen and obey your parents or do you argue and throw temper tantrums at them whenever they ask you to do something? Um, Teenagers, do you respect your parents or do you roll your eyes and act like they don't know anything and just avoid them? Adults, do you care for your parents or do you try to control their lives? and manipulate them? And do you care for their elderly parents especially? Do you um, visit them in their loneliness and in their, in their poor health? Or do you get impatient and frustrated with their needs? Maybe um, your parents have already passed away. And I want to honor, honor the grieving process. That, that's very painful. But at the same time, do you pray for your parents? Because the greatest act of love that you can give them after their death is the ongoing prayer for their souls to be received into heaven, just in case, we never know for sure. And maybe some of you just have difficult relationships with your family, with your parents. Maybe there's, for whatever reason, maybe there is hurt or betrayal, um, division. Maybe you haven't spoken to your parents in years. And, And I understand every story is different and some of that might be really messy and complicated. And it may not yet be the time for reconciliation But, have you at least forgiven your parents? Because forgiveness is first in the heart. And have you at least done the hard work interiorly to forgive your parents for whatever wrong they've done against you? I just want to challenge all of us to do that because all of us have moms and dads. All of us were brought into this world not because we chose it, but because it was purely a gift from God and from our parents. And our parents do have an honor that is due to them. The Lord demands it in the fourth commandment. And, and if we honor our parents, it sets an example for our children to continue and to hopefully in the future honor us as well. And God willed it to be so. He wanted to teach us that we are all part of a much larger story in the history of the world, that none of us are isolated individuals and that life is not about a selfish autonomy, but rather a self-giving love within the context, especially, of the family. So as we continue with this Mass, I wanna challenge you to pray for your parents, whoever they may be, and, and perhaps reflect on what is maybe one concrete way that you can better honor your parents this year. One final note. This homily is not an excuse for all the parents to go home and say, now listen, Father White said, and all of a sudden you can now oppress all of your, your children with terrible rules and power and manipulation. That's not what I'm saying. Remember, parents, that your authority is for the sake of love. It's for the sake of laying down your life like Christ laid down his. It's not for the sake of power and control. Nonetheless, as we continue with this Mass, why don't we pray about ways that we can better honor and serve our parents this year. Amen.